Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Come on up here, Pastor Bruce. Hey, um, I'm going to hand it over to him in just a minute. This guy has an incredible story and an incredible message to share this morning. So I'm excited. We talked, I think it was four months ago, you called me, five months ago? Five months ago? Five, it was a long time ago. That, that's a long time as a church planner. June. So somebody, I'm married to a math teacher. You figure that out. Help us. Um, six months. Wow, we're getting older. And uh, he called me up and said, hey, this is Bruce. And we had touched bases in the past. And he said, I'm, I'm getting ready to church plan. I want to know if you'd be you know, willing to help and serve on my board and be a part of this. And I'm like, church planning? You just spoke the right language to me. So... Um, every missionary, everything that we support um, from our missions, 10% goes out into missions. As you know, we're getting ready to, um, we have about $30,000 ready to plant a church, which is incredible. We decided to take out of our missions funding and give uh, $1,000 to this man to help him start a church. So um, that's already done. That's already been done. And this morning, we just want to receive what he has for him. And when we do this, I know it's a little backwards, but would you just pray for him before he starts, okay? And then, then we'll give him the mic. So just lift out a hand to him. God, I thank you for Bruce. I thank you for his church, and I'm excited for the stories to come. Lord, whatever he needs right now, if he needs certain team members, if he needs more money, if he needs more people, even if there's people within the bridge that are going, I want to go to Pine River and help start a church, or I want to invest in his church. If that's even people here, Lord, may you just allow them to feel free by your spirit to do so. God, give him everything that he needs for a successful church launch. Lord, there's no greater way of reaching people on this earth than church planting. And so we support him. We're behind him. We love him. And this morning, God, we want to hear from him. And so let's lift him up. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Bruce this morning. Well, good morning. Do I have anybody in here who loves Jesus this morning? Can we just stand to our feet one more time, give him 10 seconds of the most awesome praise that you've ever given Jesus in your whole entire life? Come on, 10 seconds of that. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. We're done with that. Uh, hey, so good morning. I'm Bruce Rama, and I'm so thrilled. You know, when we were uh, worshiping here just a moment ago, so much just distracted me. Anybody ever have distractions? I, I don't know where your, where your mind is right now when it comes to Christmas time and this, this holiday season and everything. I, I get distracted. And so uh, I, Angie is your name. I was looking at her Packers cup and told her I'd pray with her. I was thinking of, uh, uh, of, of Caleb, um, who has played guitar for me before in the past at the Crossing. Uh, how many times? Is Caleb still in here? I don't know. He, he, yeah, how many times have we played together, done this, like at the meetings and, and church? and uh, a hundred, Hundreds of times, right? Uh, and and, and, and uh, I got to meet Derek, the assistant pastor, which was awesome, and got to tour your facility. And, yes, I came here, I think it was about eight years ago, and this place wasn't done yet, and I got to meet Pastor Chris for the first time, which, by the way, he has the coolest shoes I have seen. Has, did everybody get to see his shoes? I mean, you can't miss them. I love your shoes, dude. So I want a pair, uh, so you got to tell me where you got them. 
what I want to do before we get to the Word of God, and, and if, if you're ready to go there, if you're, if you're that kind of Christian, go to Deuteronomy 4. We're going to get there in just a second. Uh, but here's what I want to say, okay? So in the last six months, as, you know, as I've come to know your pastor, when I first came in here eight years or so ago, six years, how long have you been in this building now? Five. So, okay, so it was about five years ago that we came in here, and there, the parking lot was still dirt, and there were big mounds, and he was kind of envisioning what this place is going to look like. And now to see it transpire and to see lives coming in, and many people's lives probably have been changed from coming to the Bridge Church. Uh, if you agree with that, would you give me a good old wholesome amen this morning? And I love the vision behind this church, bridging the gap. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's getting you one step closer to Jesus and, and seeing his intercession uh, so that you can have a relationship with God. And I love the vision and mission of this church. And I want to just take a second, honor your pastor too. He's one of the great leaders, that, and I'm so honored to have him on my board. Can we just put our hands together for Pastor Chris? And, uh, thank you. So as he mentioned, yeah, uh, so I, uh, my pastor and I were talking here a little while ago, and he said, uh, you know, I think you should call Chris Vincent over in St. Francis and ask him to be one of your board members too. And so I did. I just cold called him and said, hey, look, I need your money, and I need you to be a board member. And he said, okay, I'll do that. And so here we are, and you know what? We've gotten to be, gotten to be friends, and we planned on going fishing this fall. Never made it happen. But we will. Uh, so I live up in Pine River, if you know where that is. Uh, it's, it, it's 45 minutes north of Brainerd is where I'm at, up in the sticks. And, uh, it, and I like stories. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you about stories. Great stories, okay? Uh, uh, yesterday, here's a quick story. Yesterday I got a new chainsaw because my other one pooped out on me. And uh, I got a new Poolan, which is a cheap brand, but it was big 18-inch. And I was cutting up this big popple tree, fell on my foot. Ah, I'm stumbling around out in the woods. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's my story. And it was great. I mean, uh, I am in the, in the stories. And I love the power of a story of what Jesus does in a life. My pastor and I uh, were out fishing here about six, seven years ago. Uh, trout fishing. And I'm a musky fisherman, and so trout compared to muskies, it was like kind of kind of weird. Um, which, by the way, talking about Caleb, one time I was fishing for muskies, and my my my, my, my I'm pulling a minnow, and this muskie is following me, and all of a sudden there goes Caleb in the boat going the other way, and the muskie that was following my minnow turned and went and grabbed his. But I don't think you got it in the boat, did you? No, he fought it for a while, and then I laughed. Um, so we were, uh, I'm a, I'm a musky fisher, and so. We were fishing trout, and my, my pastor told me, he said, okay, so you need to wear waders, and I don't have any waders, and he said, but my son has some waders, you're about the same size you can wear as waders. Uh, he says, the problem with it, though, is there's a couple of holes in it, but that's not, a, that's not a big deal. We'll stop off at the store, and we'll get some silicone or something, and then in the truck, you can put some silicone on it, and then hopefully by the time we get there, it'll be all sealed up and everything, and so I get in, the, in my pastor's truck. And this is a really big deal. I mean, I don't have the opportunity to fish with my pastor very often. It's a big thing. And now I'm in his truck, and I've got his son's waders, and we stop off the store, and we get the silicone, and, I, and I'm looking at the holes. And it, it wasn't just a couple of holes. This thing looked like Swiss cheese, right? And the, the kid, his son must have used it for BB gun practice. I mean, the chest waders are full of holes. And I'm, 
sitting there gooping silicone on it. And I'm worried about getting it on this truck. And, 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 and so we go fishing, and I put the waders on. And the silicone didn't hold, and it's cold water, okay? And, and I'm trudging around, and I'm sloshing around, right? And if you know my pastor, some of you might know my pastor from the crossing, and, and, and he's, he's like ADD uh, plus, uh, there's ADD, ADHD, and I, I don't know, all these weird things that people have today, you know, and, and, and he's got that like times 10. And so he's ahead of me like 50 yards fishing and going, just going crazy. And I'm freezing, right, and like knee deep water. And I'm going, and if you've ever fished for trout in a stream and there's rocky, rocky floor and everything and cold water, I, I'm sloshing around and we we're catching a bunch of fish and everything, but he's 50 yards ahead of me. And I'm trying to keep up with him. And all of a sudden he goes down and he's in the water but the way that he fell was against the current. And so the current is filling up his waders and blowing up. And I'm running. Have you ever tried to run through knee-deep water with a rocky floor with the chest waders full of water themselves? Pastor! Pastor! I'm trying to get to him. And uh, that's the story. It's not very funny. But I like good stories. And so about four months ago... I looked at my Bible, and you know, I've read this book cover to cover probably a half dozen times, and, and about four months ago, I just said, you know, I'm going to do it again, but this time what I want to do is I just want to go through and read the stories and appreciate the stories. There's so many awesome stories in this book. If you agree, would you say just a good amen with me this morning again? And so I got to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to talk about this story just for a little bit this morning. But I got to, to chapter 32, and there was a verse, and it struck me right between the eyes. And I want to show you this verse this morning. It says this in Deuteronomy 32, 47. Can we put that up? It says, these are not just idle words for you. They are your what? They're your what? This, this book is not, it, it just dawned on me, like, this book is not just a book that I'm supposed to keep in my bathroom or on my nightstand and let it collect dust. But rather, these words are my life. And I want to encourage you with that this morning before we dig into it a little bit further, that this is full of hope and meaning and goodness and joy and peace and life. And oftentimes we see the Bible, and for some of us, you may read through the beginning called the Old Testament, and you see a lot of, don't do that, or I'm going to strike you down. If you do this, you're in trouble. Have you ever felt like that when you've read the Bible? Have you ever felt like that when you walked into church, and you see Scripture? And so... When I started diving into this book, I could see all of the, like, where God's heart really wanted to take us as a human race. And so, therefore, he had to son, send his son, Jesus. This verse took me to a whole new place in my perspective of Scripture. Even being a pastor, all these years later, I thought, that is my life. What else in this world, what other story, what other purpose or meaning is more valuable than that book? 
just awesome. So what I want to do is I want to tell you some stories this morning. Can I do that? All right. You just let me pray with you just one more minute. Jesus, thank you so much for the lives that are here today at the bridge. And thank you for those that can't be with us. I pray for that family right now who's going through a hard time uh, with their child, the loss of it. God, I just pray for, for this church, that we would be the church, and that we would reach people who are far from you, Christ, that we would have the brokenhearted and the lost in mind all the time, that we, as we're blessed with opportunity, that you would give us the words, the courage, and the boldness in the moment to speak about you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name, everybody said. So if you're a note taker, I've entitled this talk, Somebody Tell Somebody About Jesus. Somebody, come on, let's say that together. Somebody tell somebody about Jesus. I met a, a past, two pastors that came in here today, Mark and Julie, and I won't embarrass them. They know where they are. And they were telling us that they had served in ministry 35 years, I think if that's right. And I just, I think about that and go, that's a lot of days, a lot of weeks, a lot of months, a lot of years to tell somebody about Jesus. And so they know where they are, and I just want to thank them publicly for doing that because that's, that's a lot of work that goes into that, and a lot of leadership, and a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, a lot of focus, a lot of, a lot of passion. That has to be poured out daily out of your heart to tell somebody about Jesus. So now I'm going to back up in the book of Deuteronomy. And I got to this story, and I want to tell you and set the table just a little bit so the scripture makes sense. There, Moses had been charged to lead this group of people called the Israelites. And if you know the story, then I might bore you just a moment. But he's leading this incredible group of people. The Bible says that there was actually 603,550 of the Israelites that left Egypt. So I started thinking about that. That's all of Minneapolis, pretty much, that went through the Red Sea. If you know the story of the parting of the Red Sea, they're freed from, from, from Pharaoh and slavery and they thought that they had everything that they ever wanted. They had houses, they had jobs, they had kids. They had all the provision that they ever wanted, but they were under slavery. And then all of a sudden, God sets them free. And they come up to the Red Sea, and he parts the Red Sea. And I never, it never dawned on me. I always thought like it was a group of maybe 100, 200, 500,000, uh, 1,000 people, something like that. It's 603,550 Israelites go through the Red Sea on dry ground. Of course, if you know the story, then Pharaoh and the boys follow up with that, and God closes up the sea, and the end of that. Now, what's interesting in this story is that three days later, this huge group of people get out into the desert and they start to complain. Anybody in here know any complainers out there in the world? It's okay to raise your hand in church if you do. Start grumbling and complaining about everything. And what I observed in the story is that throughout their whole experience being set free, if they grumbled and complained loud enough, then God would respond. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I'm super hungry. God, I, I don't have anything. And then God would send food. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm just going to complain about it and complain about it. And then God would send some water. It happened like this throughout the life of the Israel. And God had this huge promise. I'm going to bring you to this land called the promised land. It's full of milk and honey. That's what the, how the Bible describes it. And it's going to be fantastic. And so Moses gets postured to go off and die. 
And this is kind of one of his parting messages before God takes him up to a mountaintop and he dies. But he's got to share this story with this group of people who are going to enter into the promised land that he never will. It says this in Deuteronomy chapter 4, and I want you to see it. We'll put it up on screen here. It says, Ask now about the former days, long before your time. From the day God created human beings on the earth, ask from one end of the heavens to the other. And then I love this next sentence. Has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of the fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation by testings, by signs and wonders, by war, and a mighty hand and outstretched arm? In my Bible, where, where this passage lines up, I have that underlined, and I have Numbers 11.23, which says, Is God's arm too short? Maybe you need to hear that this Christmas season. Is God's arm too short to reach down and rescue you? Is God's arm too short to help you with the provision? Is God's arm too short to heal you, to help you, to coach you, to give you some joy, to give you some hope this Christmas season? This is arm too short. So, it's, so Moses is saying, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds, like all the things the Lord, your God, did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. See, you were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. Once again, can I just get a good amen this morning? This is a story that Moses tells. And so all I have for you, I'm just going to give you a, a quick little message from here. I've got one observation from this story, and then I'm going to give you a challenge, and we'll be done. We can go watch the Vikings beat the Falcons. Another good amen. Yeah! Packers fans, come on up in here. Observation number one, and what I got from this story, is this. There is, can we put that up? There is... There's no story, greater story told than the story of God. I want you to think about all the stories that you've ever heard of. Marriages restored. A life redeemed. What story even comes close to the story of Jesus Christ going to a cross, taking the place and being punished so that we wouldn't have to for our sin, blood being shed and a body is broken, going into a grave three days later, sitting up, kicking over a rock, then sitting up on top of it with hashtag, he ain't here no more. He's alive. He's risen again. Let's get a good amen up in here again this morning. What story even remotely comes close to the story of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us? I love good fishing stories. I love good hunting stories. I shot an eight-point buck this year. Yay, good, awesome, right? All these great stories. I got a new car. I got a new house. I got a new job. I'm making lots of money. All these great stories that happen. These are all good things that happen in this experience called life. But what story even remotely comes close to the story of God? Being in heaven forever for those who receive you. Have you ever thought about this for a second? I'm just giving you just an impromptu challenge right here in this moment. Do you know that you know that you know that you know you're going to heaven? Are you absolute? Are you positive? Are you sure? I mean, we think about heaven. What is heaven like? What's going to be like? Where will I be there? No doubt I'm going to be there slam dunk. We are destined to reign when we receive Christ into our life. We get to be with him forever. And everything that seems 
so important and permanent right now. It's so temporal. This is just a practice run to the real event. And the story is that as you receive him, you believe in him and you trust him and you develop a relationship with him and you have faith in him, you get to go to heaven forever. Do you know I'm ready to go? I'm ready to go. I've got some things that I'm going to share with you a little bit this morning about what God's going to, is doing and is going to do in our lives. But, but the reality is, is if today was it and that was that, 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 was that I, I'd go to heaven. And, I, and I'm excited about that day. I can't wait for that day. It's just life. This is just a thing. Like, it, there's so much to chase after. But none of it even comes close to the story of God. There's a, there's a girl that I met. Uh, I worked at a, a thrift store this past summer. And while I was working there, this gal came in, and she was drunk. I mean, clearly, clearly drunk. And we started talking, and I started telling her about Jesus. And the next thing you know, her name is Amber, and she's down on a knee in the middle of this parking lot at this store. And people are walking in and driving by and everything, and who cared? Not, like, nobody cared at all. She received Jesus into her heart. And you know what? Amber decided to be, be, be part of our launch team for our new church. And to see what God is doing for her and her life right now, there is no greater story than what God can do in a human life. Would you agree with that this morning? And, and my point, my point, I, I know that I shared this verse. Like, seriously, this is the verse. Has anything so great as this ever happened? Moses is telling this to the Israelites at the time. What you've seen, you came out of Egypt and you thought you had it so good and you went through all of these trials. And I know it's been hard and I know you didn't have food and I know you didn't have water and I know you didn't have a place to lay your head and I know your, your feet are tired. But the reality is, is look at what God did in your life to bring you where he's going to bring you next. And guys, I don't know if you have a story, but I have a story like this. Look at, you might have went through some hard times. Anybody ever gone through a hard time in life? Come on, let's just be real honest. Most of you, if not all of us, have gone through something very, very challenging. And in the midst of that challenge, it doesn't seem like God is doing something, but God did something through that so that he could bring you to where he wants to bring you next. And Moses is trying to remind the Israelites that, hey, I'm bringing you to somewhere beautiful. God's bringing you to this beautiful land. It's going to be fantastic, so get yourself ready. Because no other story than the story of what he's done for you and what you saw even remotely comes close to any other story. I want you to think about that just just for a moment. What story can you come up with today that would trump the story of God? Has anything so great as this ever happened or even been heard of? It's fun. It's fun to think about. Well, what I want to do now is just give you a challenge. All I want to do is just lay a challenge on your heart this morning, and then I'm going to be done. My challenge would be this. Can we throw that up? Next one. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. A lot of us have a past. We had something that happened sometime at a moment don't forget where you came from. And I believe that in this moment, Moses is trying to remind people 
hey, I know it's been hard, but it can get better. And it will. Jeremiah 29, 11, most of you might know this passage, but it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. God knows the plans. See, when you receive Christ into your life, he knows where he wants to take you. We might not be able to see it, but he knows. The final destination is up there with him forever. Plans to prosper you. Give you hope in a future. My challenge for you this morning is this. Just don't forget where you came from. Moses is trying to re remind those Israelites, don't forget where, look, look, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, you were shown those things. So that you might know that God is God. Anything else that we want to chase after, we can make into a God. Guys, I'm going to tell you something that I've met a lot of people over the years in ministry, and you'd be surprised how many people that I've met who chase after a God in this life, in this world, and it's called money. If I just have some more money, maybe I can work longer hours and I can make more, and then if I can make more, then I'll buy more stuff, and we just keep running around in this circle, and I'm just going to worship this God called the Mighty Dollar. You know what money means to me? My wife and I were talking about this the other day, and you could pile up all the money in the whole world. I'm talking Donald Trump, Lotto times 10. You could pile it up in a huge semi-truck. Would I like to be blessed with that? Absolutely. Like, let's put it to the church. Let's put it to the only hope in all the world. But I'm not going to bow down to it. I'm just not going to serve the God of money. Moses is trying to get us to, to remember that we all have a past. Where we came from, God's going to bring us to somewhere good. Just don't forget how he used us in that moment. So I started thinking about this a little bit more. And you know what? I don't know what it is today in today's culture, but somehow we've drifted away from talking about Christ. It's embarrassing. I can't bring it up. It's just uncomfortable for me. I'm not wired that way. Let me tell you, absolutely you are. We have Christ dwelling inside of us. I can't stop talking about Jesus. Like, I like to hear all kinds of other stories and learn about people's lives and everything. And I love to tell stories of my life. But the reality is, there is no greater story than the story of Jesus. And so once again, the title of the sermon is, Would Somebody Tell Somebody About Jesus Up in Here? Somebody... Just stop for a second and recognize that we're, we're celebrating Christmas. Hey, look. The reason why I exist is for Christ. 20 years ago, plus, I drank alcohol like it was going out of style. In high school, I, I had a bottle on my letter jacket because I was so good at it that I had to quit and drugs, lots of them. I would tell you that the number of stories that went with what I call the life, the former life, getting drunk and high every day, chasing after girls, 
going to the bar and trying to swindle somebody by playing pool or darts. But all the consequences that went with it, too. Head-on collision, getting lost in the woods, drunk. There was a, there was a day on, no, on, on the evening of November 16th, 1997, 20 years ago. When I got in that posture on my floor again, in my kitchen with my roommate, and I'm drunk. And I said, I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to live this way. And if this is what life is, then I don't want to live it. I'm not going to embarrass you and ask you if you've ever been there before, but I sure have. Multiple times and multiple days. And here I am on my knees on my kitchen floor, and I vomited. I'm so sick of this. And you know what he said? He said, if you want to change your life, then here's my challenge. You can't forget where you came from, Bruce. But he said, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you commit to yourself saying, I'm just not going to drink just for today. I'm not going to use any drugs just for today. And then in every bathroom, he said, that I've ever been to before in my whole life, there's what's called a mirror. So I want you to look into that mirror and you tell that person staring back. I know you don't like them right now, but you tell that person staring back that you're worthy of a great life. And it starts right now. And so November 17th, 1997, I started that mission. And I've been telling myself that every single morning for the last 20 years, free of drugs and alcohol. I just celebrated 20. And I'm on my knees for a reason because that date means a lot to me. And I, I marked it in my Bible, November 17th, 1997, because God set me free. Just like he did the Israelites from slavery. He set me free. But that date isn't as important as January 14th, 1998, which happened a couple of months later after I sobered up. When somebody challenged me to go out and make my peace with God. So I went out on a set of railroad tracks, and you know what? I used some exploratives. I said, God, if you're so blankety-blank real, then I dare you to blankety-blank show up. Maybe some of you guys need to do that today. I challenge you back. Go, go make your peace with God. You go tell them. Teenagers in the room, like, look, I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's at school. Go make your peace with God. And you know what? God showed up. Now, the rest of the story is he, I got in the car and I was listening to Metallica. Actually, it's a song called Enter Sandman. It was really popular at the time, and I cranked it up. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm listening to it, and I heard God. And he said, if you want to know me, then I dare you to go home and read that book that your mom gave you. All those years ago and open it up. I'm not going to tell you what he had me turn to. But it was right there in that moment I started reading Scripture and I fell back on my knees again and I said, Jesus, would you come into my life? I'm receiving you right here, right now. Forgive me of my sin. Change me. I don't want to be that guy anymore. Can I just tell you something? You tell yourself, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be that girl anymore. You can't forget where you came from. 
But if you're living in today and you've received Christ, you've got a great future. One step forward, one at a time, one look in the mirror each day, validating yourself, recognizing that Jesus values who you are, and he loves you so much. God loved you so much, he sent his one and only begotten son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So January 14th, 1998, I gave my life to Christ. And I didn't plan this. This is just coincidental that about nine months ago, God called on my life and said, now I need you to go and plant a new church. And I'm trembling, man. I'm scared. You're kidding me. This is going to be hard. But he called on my life. So when's the launch date, God? And it was an affirmation. We started planning. I'm seriously, I'm talking to God, and I pull out a calendar. I'm looking at all the different dates and everything. I'm just like, what about January 14th? Start out a new year, a new church. How about that? And I threw January 14th down. And then I went back to my Bible of the date that I had written down of when I first gave my life. And it was 20 years later since I gave my life to Christ that I get to go and plant a church for the first time. If you're going to applaud, this would be the time to applaud to that. I just want to tell you and remind you of something today. What story even comes close to the story of what Jesus can do in your life? That's just my little story. Some of you have stories. People need to hear it. Somebody tell somebody about Christ up in here. What did Jesus do for you? If Jesus has done something for you in your life, think about how awesome your Christmas would be if you would tell somebody about that story. Do you realize that your story holds power and truth? So, there's this psalm that I want you to see this morning. It's 107 verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And then Joyce Meyer kind of paraphrased that and said it differently. And she says, I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Can I get another good amen in here? I've got an image that I want to show you, and this I'm going to close today. I don't know what's on my notes, and to tell you the truth, it really doesn't matter to me. I, what, what matters most is that I'm able to tell you that I love Jesus, and I pray, and I hope that you will too. I realize my existence is to develop a legacy of believers who advance His kingdom. That's why I'm here. Have you ever asked yourself why I'm here? I started Googling that the other day. What's the, one of the number one questions asked on the Internet today? And do you know that people are asking that question? What is the meaning and purpose of life? Why am I here? Why do I exist? People are taking their life because they are seeking hope from somewhere else. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Righteousness is my existence to tell the world about Christ. There was a guy who, he was a uh, art collector, fine art collector. He collected Monet's and Van Gogh's. And he had a son, and his wife had died. And so he raised the boy up with this appreciation of the fine arts. 
So all through the boy's life, he knew Van Gogh's, and he knew Monet's, and he could name it. And that's the guy who cut his ear off. When the boy hit 18 years old, he was drafted in the military. So he went away, he went to war. And he and his father every year would celebrate Christmas. But now he's gone off to war. One day, telegram comes. And it says, we regret to inform you, but your son has been killed in action. I'm so sorry for your loss. Our condolences signed the commissioner of the army. And the father is crushed. He's lost his wife, and now he's lost the boy. Christmas is approaching. Christmas morning happens, and he's all alone. And there's a knock at the door, and he looks out the window, and here's a, there's a soldier. The soldier's got a package in his arm, and so he goes to the door, and he says, Hey, listen, I know your son. Can I just come in and take one minute of your time this Christmas morning? And the father really didn't want to, but he let him come in. They sat down on the couch. And the soldier said, Listen, your son told me that you appreciated fine art. He said, I'm a painter as well. I'm not like Van Gogh or Monet. But I painted you a picture, and I want you to open it. So he opened it, and here it was, this picture of his son. He said, I captured this image of your boy who saved my life right before he was killed. And I wanted you to have this picture. So the man loved it, and he put it up on his mantle, and he got to celebrate Christmas with his son. And for the next several Christmases, he could celebrate Christmas with his son. And finally, the father passed on. So they had this auction. All these fine art collectors came out to the big auction. And there was an auctioneer there. And if you've ever been to an auction, you've heard an auctioneer before. The very first painting up for auction is this painting here of the sun. He said, folks, we're going to start out the auction today. Anybody put a bid in on this one here first. Nobody would bid on it. Come on, we're going to do $10. Come on, anybody $10, $10. How about $15, $20, $25. Anybody $25? Come on, $25, $25, $25. How about $50, $25, $15? How about $10? Nobody would bid on it. Finally, somebody piped up and they said, we're not here for that. We're here for the Van Goghs and the Monets. Where, where's that? And he says, folks, we've got to start out this auction with this painting right here. Come on, anybody put in a bid on it. How about $10? $10. Anybody? $10. Finally, somebody piped up and they said, okay, I'll give you 10 bucks because I knew this kid when he was a boy playing soccer. So he came up and said, fine. 10 bucks going once. 10 bucks. How about 15? Anybody 15? 10 bucks going twice. Gavel came down, sold $10. The auctioneer said, folks, that will conclude our auction today. Thank you all for coming. And everybody says, well, what? hey, wait, wait, what about the Van Goghs and the Monets? And the auctioneer said this. According to the Father's will, whoever received the Son inherited it all. I want to give you an opportunity because there's no story greater told than the story of Jesus Christ. You can't forget where you came from because you've got a bright, hopeful future as you receive him today. But for some of you, you just need to hear, I need to tell my story because Jesus has changed me. Somebody's eternal destiny is hanging in the balance. You've been given an opportunity just right there. 30 seconds, tell them, hey, I love Christ. Do you know Jesus? 
he gave me this, and he could give that to you. But maybe for some of you today, it's just your moment where you just need to receive Jesus right here and right now. So I'm going to invite you to close your head and bow your eyes. And if that's you this morning, I want you to know that I have been where you are. I have sat in a seat at a church without knowing Jesus, feeling uncomfortable, feeling judged, feeling that I don't belong. Hopefully right here in this moment you know that you're, you're welcome here and you've found a place to belong and you're welcome home. You simply just say, Jesus Christ, just you this morning, just say, Jesus Christ, forgive me. I'm sorry I blew you off, but I'm ready now. I receive you into my heart, into my life. Take control, lead me, guide me, shape me. Trust your plans. Take me where you want me to go. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.